0: Praise the Lord. This is Brad Julius again. We are going through the book of Jude and we have gone as far as verse 12 where he was talking about this man that crept into the midst of the believers secretly. And when he said he crept in secretly, he actually was talking about the... They were now among the believers, but they were not of us, like the Apostle John wrote. That They were they, they, they finally separated from them, but they were not all of us, is what he said. And you were saying the same thing, that some people crept in unawares, and they were denying the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Some of them were the Apostle John said, some said they were now anti-Christ, untried to what Christ is, the doctrine of Christ, that say Christ came and died for our sins and went to heaven. And we have safe from ourselves, and people are saying, well, there is no thing like that. So those are all the things he was pointing out that he was now pointing to in his letter to, to us that uh, these people they they could be up, they could be walking through. They are going in the way of Cain, which is jealousy, or in the way of Balam, which is uh, greedy for reward, or in the way of Korah, which is like competition that we are just as holy as you are. So that's the way of Korah and Abiram in the, in the wilderness, verse twelve. Reading Jude chapter, the chapter, Jude chapter 1, verse 12, and he's mentioning these people. He said, These are spots in your feast of charity when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear, clouds there without water, carried about of winds, trees whose fruit without it, without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. So now is... You know, putting some adjectives around these people that he's describing that they they may be among us, but when you see all those things they are doing, they are not afraid to be among us. They should they themselves without fear. They are their class without water. They are carabouts. And he said they are twice dead because they are not going to the world and another day accepted on this side. So like twice dead. Block by the loose But they the raging waves of the sea. Forming out their own shame. Because the wandering stars, to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. So those are adjectives that describe these people that he said they have come among them, among the believers, and they were not truly saved. They are not believers, Truly, they are trying to take over the church, confusing the believers, trying to preach false, to contradict what Jesus Christ has taught us. So that is what he is describing. And then in verse 14, he went to give example of where he read some of, where he read some of these things have, that are mentioned in the earlier chapter, in the earlier sermon, where he mentioned that uh, the angels that didn't keep their their first estate they were locked up. Where did he get that from? That was in the book of Genesis chapter six. That these sons of God that saw the daughters of men and they married them, they were quite satisfied that they were actually the angels that were expected to be watching there. It was in the book of Jude that in the book of Enoch that that was reported. We don't have the book of Enoch among the compiled books of the Bible that we have in our generation. But that book of Enoch is still circulating up to now. You can google it on the web online. On, uh, on the internet you'll see the book of Enoch. But there are so many three, three versions of that. And the first Enoch seems to be the one that he got this from. But there is another second Enoch and third Enoch that perhaps look like some Jews could have written those some Jews of that generation could have written those and give the name Enoch on it when you read through it. Verse 14 says, And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these things. That isn't what he was talking about. Saying that, Behold, the Lord coming with ten thousands of his saints. Now, I read that in the book of Enoch when I went to look for it. It was in that first Enoch. That was where he was quoting it from. He said, Enoch wrote about these things that the Lord coming with ten thousand of his saints. To execute judgment upon all, and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed, and of all their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. He said, "Enoch wrote about that, and you see that in the in that, like I said. In the, in the it may not be translated the same way, but you see the same theme." Of what he was writing, here, that that was what in the book of in the first uh, Enoch that God God is going to execute judgment upon all that and convince them of their evil deeds. Verse six he said, "These are murmurers now." And he is called, describing who are these people we are talking about, and is produced continued describing them. Here. He said, "These are murmurers." Where did he get the word murmurers from? Remember in the Gospel of uh, in the I mean in the Epistle of Apostle Paul when he was talking about that things was a uh, Romans chapter 10 or 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Let me point out real quick. Where Apostle Paul said we should not forget what happened to the people in the wilderness. Lest we, lest we forget. He said that God was not well pleased with them. Because they all fell. Because they were murmurers And they were all... You see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. In First Corinthians 10, Apostle Paul referred to the same thing about what happened in the wilderness, that we should be careful not to be like them. And let me read it quickly for you in chapter 10 of 1 Corinthians. Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant out that. All our fathers, as the Jews, the Israelites, were under the cloud, and all passed through the sea, and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and did all. Eat the same spiritual meat, and did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Say, but with many of them God was not well pleased. Now that is what Jude was also referring to in the book of Judah, he said, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now, verse 6 of 1 Corinthians chapter 10 said, Now these things were our examples, to the intent we should not lost after evil things, as they also lost it. Neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Verse 10 is really where we are going. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured, are destroyed of the destroyer. What does murmuring mean? The people murmur when they are this discontent of what is going on. And they are not bold enough to confront the leader. So the murmuring means they are just saying it among themselves. We don't like what's going on. We don't like this person. We don't like... It. They are saying it among themselves, not able to confront the leader because they are afraid. But if the leader is God, and they are murmuring; they are, they are murmuring against God, and that was what happened in the wilderness. Because these people decided started murmuring against Moses, but Moses said, "I am not the one leading." God said, we you go in this direction, so I am just following what God said." But they were discontent, they were displeased. So, which means they are not displeased with Moses alone; they are displeased with God, who is leading them. So that is why God has to judge them because they are not following. So the same way is what you Jude was using. He said that. Let us. This, this, he said these are murmurers in verse 16 of Jude. Who are these people he's talking about? These people that he said they came in among us. Now we say they will become to murmur. Murmuring means they were discontent. They are not satisfied with how the church is run or what is going on in the midst of the congregation. But if God is running the church and they don't like it, then they don't like what God is doing. And that is when they are now murmuring. They are actually murmuring against God. And so that's why he's using the word. These are murmurers, complainers. Complain about this, complain about that, about the church. Sometimes you may see in your midst, maybe they are not complaining. Someone say, I don't go to that church because they are hypocrites. He's telling the people are hypocrites. That's complainants. Oh, I don't go there because that pastor preached against this. They are more They are not going to be satisfied because they don't want to do what God says. If the pastor is preaching the truth, they say he's preaching it too harsh. If he's not coming to their level, to do the sins that they like to see, then they will complain. That's the that is the, that is another example. I'll just give an example of what murmuring will be. Some people are already murmurers, that's why they don't come to they say oh, they don't go to church because it's a these a, a hypocrites over there. That's people over there. Uh, I've just been worshiping God myself. But God said, Don't forsake the assembly of yourselves together because you exhort one and on iron sharpens on But if you Cut off everybody because you don't like what the pastor say. You don't like all those people over there. Then some, maybe it's you that have a problem. <laughs> I praise the Lord. So that's why I proceed saying, these are murmurers, complainers, working after their own lusts. You see where The lust can be just desire to be the one that should be speaking. That's a lust. I should be the one preaching or teaching. That pastor does not know better than me. That's lust in itself. Lust for power, lust for fame, lust for recognition. I could be the reason that it could be jealousy like that that's driving, motivating this person that is complaining that is mormon. So we have to be humble and watch and be designing. Otherwise, we just fall into any of these offenses that this believer, this uh, apostle, are pointing out that we should be careful. Don't be a mormon. Don't be a complainer. Working after loss because loss is not not just loss after sex or loss after money. It could be loss after power, loss after recognition, loss after I should be the one talking, preaching. Lost after this and, and that's our loss. It's the pride of life. That can make people to begin to murmur and get discontent and dissatisfied they want to stay away from the congregation, stay away from the fellowship. And we have to be careful not to fall into those traps of the devil. Because once the devil see the leaning, somebody's leaning in that direction, the devil will come and amplify it in your mind. Amplify it in your mind. Say, I oh, see what that said, did, oh, or see what that person said. Don't go to the MS anymore. Amplify they can amplify it. And if you fall for it, you'll be falling into the hole that is digging. So let's be careful. Here he said, "These are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own loss, and their mouths speak a great swearing words, having men's persons in admiration, because of advantage." I mean, they praising one person over the other person because they they, want, they are gaining something from this. I see because of advantage, whatever they are gaining from this, it can become competition. And you remember, you don't say for Apostle Paul. So in, uh, I think it was in Corinth. Some of them say, well, we like Apollos. Some say, well, now I'm for Paul. They say, I'm for Apollos. Apollos is a sweet talker. Oh, you can present the world so much. Paul, mm, still do And so say, they become, they are now dividing one another. Say, I'll, some say, I'm for Apollos, say, I'm, for, I'm, for, I'm, for, I'm for Peter. I'm for, I'm for Paul. Apostle Peter is the head of the church. I'm for Peter. Very soon, they have three groups in the, in the congregation. Some say, I'm for Paul. Some say, I'm for Apollos. Some say, oh, I'm for Jesus. And, and that's another group. <laughs> so it looked like a composition there. And he say, I, they are, I, I, That's how I produce Something like that is going on that he's observing. Men, they are admiring. He said, Having men's faces in admiration. You are admiring people. You should follow Jesus. Don't admire people. All of us are servants, servants of the Lord. You may get your food from this person. Thank God for him. You may get your uh, identification from that person. Thank God for him. But keep following Jesus. Keep you out of Jesus Christ, not men. So they say these people have immense presence in admiration because of advantage, whatever they are gaining after that. That's what they are really promoting. Verse seventeen. So but beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time, in the last days. He called them mockers who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. So he said that there have been promises before about this thing that there will be people that will walk after their ungodly lusts and they are mockers also, they are mocking the Christianity. Verse 19, He said this be they, it's going to qualify these people again, who separate themselves, sensual, having not the spirits that they don't have the Holy Ghost, and yet they claim to be believers. And they separate themselves from the true believers and from their own church, perhaps. Verse 20 it says, But ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. It's recommended that we should pray in the spirit of praying in the Holy Ghost is praying in tongues. If you have the Holy Ghost and you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you should be able to speak in tongues. And Jesus Christ gave that to every believer. Go and read it in Mark chapter 16. See, verse 16, 17 and 18, he said, These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out the wood, they shall speak with no tongues. That's the gift, the general gift to the, every believer. If you say, I don't speak in tongues, pray. Ask Jesus to give it to you. And you will feel with the Holy Spirit and you begin to speak in tongues. And that is what you used to pray. Every time you want to pray, Holy Ghost can speak in tongues through your, your speaker can speak in tongues. Holy Ghost is giving you a trance. You speak in prayer for hours. Just to pray, just to pray. You are talking to everyone in a language that you don't understand it, but everyone understands it, God understands it, and you are talking mysteries. And that is how sometimes we intercede for nations that God will use our prayer to do to take to do some things for believers or for nations or for people that are related to that we don't even know. Anyway, long distance that we don't even know about, God can pray through our mind. Holy Ghost to praying through our mouth. It is as we pray, using the authority that we have in the spirit to take things to make things happen in their spirit. He said, We should pray in the Holy Ghost. God uses that many regularly, and we ought to do that regularly. We should create time for praying in the Spirit all the time, every day. And we should believe, we believe that you do that. Verse 21 says, Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. You have to keep yourself praying in the Holy Ghost. Building up yourself by, by praying in the spirit. That's what you are doing when you are build, when you are praying in the spirit, you are building up your faith, your faith. Apostle Paul Police one way, said that he that pray he that speaker in tongues edify himself. So when you pray in tongues, you are edifying yourself, you are charging up yourself like a battery that is weak. You charge it up by praying in the spirit. So you charge up your battery, your spiritual battery, by praying in tongues, and that is why he said. Praying in the Holy Ghost, you are building up yourself in verse 20 of Jude. So we are, we, are, we, are, we are excited to do that regularly. I try to do that every day. Maybe after I finish my work, try to take 30 minutes to wanna just sit down and just pray in tongues. Just pray in tongues. You don't know what you are saying, just pray in tongues. All you know what you are saying is to keep your mind on one topic. They say, I'm praying for the believers To have faith, our faith to increase, and then you—that's what you say with your mouth. And the Holy Ghost help me to pray that prayer. And then you start praying praying in tongues. As you pray in tongues, your mind is on that prayer you have said verbally with your own understanding. I'm praying for all believers everywhere to have our faith increase. As you say that, as the Holy Ghost helped me to pray that prayer, I started praying so in said, oh, the Adi, the Holy Ghost will begin to speak through your mouth, praying for the believers everywhere, no matter where they are. If somebody is going through trial times, Holy Ghost can use the prayer you are praying in a long distance to be f- taking effect in another country. And that is what you do when you do when you are a prayer warrior. And he wants every believer to be believe doing that, pray in the spirit, you are also building up yourself, you are charging up your spirit, your your, your spiritual power, you are charging it up, when you pray in the spirit of that. Because Apostle Paul said it, e pray in the spirit, edify himself. Even though you don't know what you are saying, then you are edifying your spirit, you are building up yourself. And Apostle Jude, allude to that when he says, in verse 21, in verse 20, Beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, you keep yourself in the love of God. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Verse 22 of Jude. And of some, now he's saying you can also help some. Have compassion. I mean have compassion on some people. Even though you you were talking about them, that they might have run astray, they might have gone astray. Show compassion upon them, praying for them, trying to deliver them. Have compassion and have making a difference. I and mean you can make a difference in some lives by how you exhort them or how you pray for them. You can make a difference. You know, and having compassion upon them by praying for them also. Even all the people that we are saying apostle you was referring to, that they say they crept in among us, but they are not of us. They are trying to to usurp authority, or they are preaching heresy, denying our logic. You can still pray for them to make a difference. Have compassion upon them by praying for them. You're making a difference in their life because the Holy Ghost can still turn them around. Think of Apostle Paul when he was Saul of Tarsus and he was killing the Christians and he claimed to be a Pharisee of the Pharisees and he was on the way to go and arrest more Christians in Damascus. Prayer of the saints could have made the Lord God touch him and deliver him. So prayer can make a difference. That's what we are saying. Prayer, prayer for those people that you think are persecuting us can make a difference. Look at all these um, Boko Haram people. Let believers pray for their leader and pray that they be saved and changed and God can touch them. And they can be saved. That's just something that a lot of them can turn, but God can take one out of them. Look at Apostle Paul. When he turned and God turned him out of being a Pharisee that persecuted Christians, he himself began to be persecuted by the people that he was formerly leading. He was leading them to, to go and persecute. Now he became the target where they think his man is crazy. Now they, <laughs> they want to kill Paul and he has to run. They have to. Even in Damascus when he first started the preaching day, the governor, the Jews were familiar with the governor, they got the governor involved. The governor went to arrest Paul. So they have to let Paul down through the, on the through a window. Over the wall, the city of the wall, the city wall. In the basket. The same wall that was persecuting believers now, he himself was not being persecuted. God can still save that man that was the leader of, uh, of, of, of Bukharam. God can still save him you keep praying for him. God can still stay safe any of this uh, full year God can save them one by one God can save them. there was a, a story of a woman that said she was formerly one of them and she got delivered and saved and in Nigeria, that is still possible God is still saving souls everywhere all over the world but prayer of the saints, prayer is what you use. Uh, prayer in tongues also can do some help. That's why Apostle Jude said, Courage us to pray in the Holy Ghost. Have compassion on some of these people, making a difference in their lives by prayer. And verse 20 says, And others will you save with fear. Save them with fear. I mean, let them, be, let them be delivered out of this terrible fear that's come upon the world. Either by preaching them, because sometimes the fear of hell alone, God can show some people a vision of hell where they are heading. And they wake up and say, Yee, I don't want to go there. And they repent from all the wickedness they have been doing against the Christians, against the women uh, people, and that saving them out of, with fear. You can save them with fear like that. Either you preach it to them, or they saw a vision of hell. There was a time a minister said somebody was came to him and said he didn't believe in God, he doesn't know whether there is a God or not, and uh, and the all the brothers said I just told. He said Brother, I just told him, hebrews chapter eleven, verse six. He, in anyone that come to God must believe that He is, and He said, the reward of them I do really and seek him. So you don't come to God because you don't believe He is. So goodbye. And then the brother, the minister prayed and say, Lord, let this Hebrew chapter eleven verse six be, be staring in the face of this man when he wake up in the morning. Let him dream about it that he if he that coming to God must believe that He is. And he said, what I've read I didn't seek him. Let that ibu eleven verse six be standing inside. When he's going about his work, let him be showing in his mind that he'll never be able to take it off of his mind. Ibu eleven six that he must believe there's a God." And the man two days later came back and said, "He woke up dreaming about this ibu eleven verse six. He saw it almost like this somebody was standing in, 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 his, in his way talking to him about ibu eleven six, and he said he now believes there's a God." So you see, God can turn things around when we pray. So pray that the Lord will touch all these people that are that are persecuting believers. Pray that the Lord will touch all this Boko uh, Haram group that they will be shown the hell fire in their dreams, and they don't want to go there. Then they will run out of. They wake up and cry unto Jesus and be saved. That God will save one of these uh, infidels men that are wicked. That they will see themselves that they are on their way to hell and they will repent and don't want to go there. That is saving them by, by out of, with fear. So God can show them fear as you make them to turn. Pulling them out of the fire. He's hating even the garment spotted by the flesh, verse 23. That is, they will even hate the sinful nation. If they, are, if they see where they are heading, the fear of hellfire will make them to turn. So that's really how we can. Explain that in verse 23. So that's why we ask you to pray for these people and ask the Lord God to turn them, to touch them, to show them hell in vision, to show them where they are heading. Some people when they, when they saw themselves in the vision and saw that the, the, the prophet they are following is in hell, they wake up and say no, they don't want to go there, they are following the wrong person and then they call upon Jesus Christ. So that is very important that you should, you should pray for all these people, have compassion on them and you can make a difference by your prayer. Verse 24, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. Let me go to verse 23 again. Here he say, and others say with fear, pulling them out of the fire. That's what we are doing when you pray for them and they are delivered from going to hell. It's like pulling them out of the fire. Hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. That is, we, we are to, we are to, we are to keep ourselves away from every ungodly that can be tainting our garments. Just like we are preaching, praying, praying for these people, the garment spoiled by the flesh is the, our righteousness is white raiment, as Bible calls it. Now, anything that is flesh manifestation, what is flesh? All this iniquity is flesh. The Bible the, says the, the works of the flesh are this. So, all these works of the flesh that you see in the book of uh, Galatians chapter 5, where Apostle Paul said, these are the works of the flesh, adultery, fornication, idolatry, even including, hatred and uh, jealousy and all type of thing. all of those things that are the works of the flesh they are they are they are like stains in the in the in the garment of any of the righteous people so they say that we are to hate even the any garment that is that is spotted by the flesh so it's one not that we should hate sin in short we should hate sin in short you don't hate the sin and we hate sin which is the garment that is spotted by the flesh, that is a fleshy manifestation that he is called variance, even all these things, even called variance, what is variance? This, uh, disagreement, debating, argument, it could be, it is part of the works of the flesh. Let's read really it quickly in Galatians chapter 5, verse 19, to show what is the work of the flesh. Apostle Paul said, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, and he listed them, Adultery, everybody knows what that is. Fornication, everybody knows what that is, sexual sins, Uncleanness, could be any other thing, smoking, all those type of thing, can be part of uncleanness, that is, that is uh, corrupting your body. Lasciviousness is the greediness, loss after money. Idolatry is worshipping other things, whether it is real idol, or worshipping yourself, or worshipping all the material things on earth, it's idolatry. You have no time for God. Witchcraft, now, those are things that people think those are the devil. Goodness. It's a work of the flesh. People wanting supernatural power from the devil, is work of the flesh. Witchcraft. Or wishing people evil it's from their mind. It's a work of the flesh. It's coming from hatred. Hatred, you mentioned hatred as part of work of the flesh. Variance, that's this, you know, disagreement. Emulation, I mean, trying to be like, envy other people. Wrath, strife seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, what is reveling? Banqueting. Oh, disco. All of those things. They are works of the flesh. It's an such-like. Anyone that do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. That's what he said in all these things. He like said we have to hit all of those garments that are spotted by the flesh. So that when we are trying to save these people, save them sometimes through through fear, sometimes through praying for them, compassion, And we pray that the Lord will touch many hearts so that they can be saved. But now, the fruit of the Spirit in verse 22 of Galatians chapter 5, He said, the fruit of the Spirit is what we should be manifesting. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith or faithfulness, meekness, temperance, self-control. against such there is no law. So we ought to have all this fruit manifest in us. Verse 24 of Jude, let's go back to Jude and wrap it up. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. That is unto God that is able to keep us from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God our Savior be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. God is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his presence for the presence of the glory, we have to trust him. Trust what he just we just read that he's able to keep us. But we have to do our own part. Don't leave everything and say, Well, God is going to keep me, and then you go ahead and put your hand into the offense. No, he's able to keep you, but you have to do your part. When he says stop, you stop. When he says don't touch it, don't touch it. Because he's in you and he's going to be guiding you. You that have given your life to Christ, Christ is in you. He said that I and my father will come and make our abode with him. So he's in us. So then we have to listen to him in the spirit and follow his precepts. And the Lord himself will take care of the rest. God bless you.